support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Kyle Photography Podcast. best place to start off really is at the beginning uh-huh. with what sparked your interest in modeling originally originally i didn't have any interest in modeling um my grandmother was a journalist and when i was sort of like late child early teens age she used to rope me in for getting my photo taken for the newspaper and I hated it, absolutely hated it. And I would be on all sorts of strange consumer features like breakfast breakfast bars when they first came out. Okay. And then I think I was in high high school first year and it was embarrassing because everyone was like, is that you with a giant sooty and sweet puppet testing cereal bars in the newspaper? <laughs> and then um then what happened? Then my mother entered me into a beauty con competition like Miss Scotland. I think I was 17. And I did okay. I was runner-up. And then from there, after the age of 17, I started modeling more and more. And from the age of about 20, 21, I started to take it quite seriously. So the first shoot that you you did when you were taking it quite seriously, you were doing it for your own for your own purposes. What was the first shoot like where you were really taking it seriously? My first shoot for an agency was... Um, it was a paid test shoot, like I paid the photographer, I don't know, £100, I guess it would have been, to make a portfolio. And were you nervous? Uh, yeah, it was an t- absolutely terrible model. Terrible. <laughs> I looked at the pictures. It was the worst €100 Euros I've ever spent, or £100 anyway. <laughs> but um, that I think that's, that, that back then, that was how you started. You joined an agency. Um, you went to one of those days where you paid the photographer to take the pictures. And then if you were good, you got some more test shoots that you didn't pay for. Right. And then they were better. They were with a photographer called Jim Bamford who passed away not so long ago up in Scotland. And he shot some lovely pictures. And then from there, it started to go well. And I started getting asked and getting paid for shoots, which I started to enjoy because I was a student and money was good. (laughs) Well, if you started off on perhaps not the best foot where you paid for this test shoot and the images aren't particularly great, what was it that kept you going? What was it that made you want to sort of keep pushing forwards after putting that money in? Uh, people keep tell- kept telling me, oh, you should really be a model. You'll be a good model. You'll, you'll be good at this. And the agency kept trusting in me and sending me for things. And like the, the picture, the first test shoot, it wasn't good because of the photographer. It was not good because of me, because I had no idea how to model at that point. You know, it takes right. time to learn how to, how to pose yourself. Okay, so th- this is a question I've asked a couple of models now, and I- I'm really fascinated by this. How do you teach yourself to model? Have you ever played a musical instrument? Yes. Do you know, like, when you don't play it for a long time, and then you sort of, like, your fingers know how to do it, you get a muscle memory? Yeah. To me, modeling's like that now. Like, I don't know how I taught myself to do it, but from doing it from so long, it's like an ingrained muscle memory of how to pose and where I should be in front of the camera. That's the easiest way to explain it I, I, I don't actually think I taught myself how to do it I think it just came with a lot of practice the same as a musical instrument as far as going into work as a model working with different photographers and on different sets with different expectations and different moods how do you prepare yourself to go in and, and be the best possible 
um, model that you can be, obviously considering there's so many variables? Um, that's a really good question. I need to think about this one. I guess from the photography point of view, I always like to see images of what the photographer is expecting from the shoot. So I would look at those right. images and I would have a mental note of roughly what they're trying to prepare or what their what their expectations are. And I guess what helps is that you have to travel a long way to shoot. So you have to get a train usually or a bus or a flight. And I sort of use that time to mentally prepare myself for what's needed from me. And I try not to get too worked up about things. I try to look at it quite pragmatically. Okay, they want this picture. I'm going to go there and deliver this image and quite factually. I try not to look at it from an emotional point of view because if you get too emotional about it, I mean, it is nerve-wracking and you're going to be put in lots of different new stressful situations at every shoot. So you just have to turn off the whole emotional point and look at it. I'm going to go there. I'm going to create this image, do a good job and leave. How do you work with situations where you and the photographer just aren't clicking or there seems to be some kind of animosity on set? How do you push through that and still deliver? Uh, the same as any other job. If you work as a waitress and you have difficult clients or if you work as a consultant and you have difficult clients, you just have to use your, your social skills to the best of your ability. Uh, as far as your day-to-day -day life goes, I think something that gets really, really massively overlooked, especially by people outside of the bubble, is the impact of being a model on your on your day-to-day -day life, on your actual lifestyle, in terms of like your lifestyle choices. So you know you can't go and get a piercing or a tattoo or dye your hair without having to consider what impact that has on your work. Your diet's obviously a big part of this. Uh, how much of a sacrifice is it? to your social life and to your, your life in general, being a model? It's a huge sacrifice. Um, about the tattoo, that's really interesting because I have had tattoos and I spent about 2,000 euros and a lot of time having them laser removed so that they wouldn't be a problem, not for modeling so much, but for video work. So, ah. yeah, these, like, you know, your body's owned if you're a model. How does that feel? It's just like a matter of fact. It is. It's a fact. I don't know. I try not to, again, with the emotional side, try not to think about it too much. The social aspect is huge as well. I have a lot of friends who are models. So that helps because they understand that you can't always, you know, you might make a social date and then you get a booking and then you can't or you're away or you can't do certain things. And for people who work nine to five, it's really difficult for them to understand Something I'm seeing more and more often lately is models with um, a very open and visible set of working ethics in the sense of like, for example, not wearing fur, uh, not uh, advertising things that are perhaps nefarious, you know, um, uh, drugs or whatever. I I've noticed on your website, you also have, um, have something similarly visible. Do you think it's good that models are, I mean, obviously it's a good thing, but do you think it's, um, it, does it surprise you that it's becoming more prominent that models are able to stand up and and sort of dictate what they will and won't advertise, whereas I guess in the past that wasn't so much the case. Uh, I think it's a luxury that you get to by being an established model. I think if you're a new model, it could potentially impact on your bookings. I've seen a lot of negative um, social media threads about models who won't wear fur or who are vegan and won't wear silks or levers, for instance. Mm -hmm. And as you get more 
prominent and more established, you can choose to do that because there'll always be enough people to work with you, even though it might deter some clients. I think from an ethical point of view, it's absolutely fantastic that models can do it and they should do it. You should always stand up for what you believe in. I mean, it's the same as any, even like the big multinationals or other companies, like some companies have morals and some don't. Some stand up and say, like, we will not test on animals, we will not use plastics, and other ones don't. And it's, it depends which group you want to belong in. Do you want to be one of the people who cares or one who doesn't care? But, yeah, you have to be established maybe before you can do that. So it's, it's a tricky one and it's a balance. You have to strike a balance. Um, speaking from my point of view as a photographer, one thing I always want to know is how I can get the most out of the model that I'm working with. And there seems to be sort of two schools of thought on this. One is that you work around the the personality of the model. The other is that you hold fast your personality and you let everyone else adapt to you. What's the best way to get the most out of you on a shoot? Mm, that's a very good question. Um, I actually really like it when the photographer has their own thing and where I can be amused for the photographer. If I, if I have a really good clip with the photographer and they're very skilled at posing and directing, and it's, it's maybe not so much posing and directing, but given they have to give a feel for the shoot or an atmosphere, maybe that's something to do with their own social skills. Are they empathic to the model and can they, can they give that feeling to the model? Then I'll have great results. And, and what obviously the converse of that is, is how does someone sort of destroy that trust with you? Or how does someone ruin the chance to get the most out of you? What's the bad stuff that photographers have done that have caused problems on shoots? Well, that, that's very true because if I really trust a photographer, I should be able to pose completely freely in a way that they're going to get explicit shots, they're going to get bad shots and trust that they will delete those shots. They will not use them. And I have had that trust broken several times. How do you how do you deal with that? Like obviously, I mean, obviously you've got to kind of chase down the problem, but yeah, it's it's there, there's not a good answer. Does that have a long lasting effect on you in the sense of trusting the next photographer? Yeah, it does. It does, and there's there's no good answer for that because you do want to trust your photographer, and you you want to be able to be free to pose and to trust your photographer. And there are photographers who will abuse that. So then. You're more closed in the future. You write these clauses on your website about posing and about, I will not do that. And it closes you off. But actually, as a creative person, you, you don't want to have to do that. So it's, it's again, conflicting. And I guess one of the things I do now is I'm very careful with who I work with. With that, if I'm not sure about someone, I wouldn't pose in such an open way now, even though I would like to. Right. Again, no, no good answer for you. It's, <laughs> no, one it's, the, it's, it's, it's one of the, I've been at this, a, I don't know, 15 years or something, and I still can't answer it. So after 15 years in modeling, what is it that you still enjoy? What is it that makes you want to keep doing it as a job other than the money? Uh, definitely meeting new people, setting new challenges. There's always, even after 15 years, you can always do something new. You can always see something new, create something new. You can always make art. Art is different every time. You're never going to do the same thing twice as a model, never. Even if people say you will and it's the same old shit, it's, it's never the same. What's your opinion on the sort of rise of influencing and influences on, on apps like Instagram and how they've affected <laughs> the modelling industry? Oh my God, um, I hate Instagram. Absolutely. I'm so bad at Instagram. <laughs> I think it's it's really sad because... 
it destroys in a way like people will see like I need a model and she has to have 50,000 followers on Instagram. Right. And it's the same for photographers. It's not just for models. It's for all creatives. Now it's becomes more important than the work you're putting out. How do you work the algorithms? Well, I never learned how to work the algorithms. So that's one of my huge problems. It's quite a tedious thing though, right? To, to be held accountable to how many of a number, how, how you're quantified in your popularity to a point that um, that seems to be more important than your ability as a model. Yeah, it's it's crushing, isn't it? It's soul destroying. I think as a photographer, you could probably comment on that as well. Like you might put something out that you think it's your best work ever, and you put it there, and you put it at the wrong time of day, mm. and no one sees it. So you get like ten people view it. Yeah, I think. And there's nowhere, um, there's nowhere else to show your work anymore. It's not like there are big magazines that everyone reads or big other platforms. It is Instagram. That's where everyone is. I mean, I'm just hoping that this is kind of the. Um, the reaction to there being too many options for places to submit work and too many options for places for people to go and find stuff and that we've kind of boiled ourselves down to one app and then it'll, there'll be another little mini explosion as a reaction to how confined it is with with one stupid app that's so throwaway at the end of the day. Yeah, I hope so. Like Instagram was great in the start, I think, and then they started trying to commercialize it and I don't know, actually. Um, Maybe talking rubbish here because I, I don't understand it enough. I think it's just bizarre that it's it's a it's a social media app that you have to understand and work in order to do the job that you actually want to do. So in your in your case, being a model, you have to have this whole extra skill of being a, your own publicist and understanding coding and algorithms to be able to have an impact, which obviously has no reflection on your ability as a model. And there will be people no, that are. No tragically bad models but because they understand how to get the most out of instagram they'll be getting more attention yeah it's terrible it's <laughs> sorry it's a bit of a depressing avenue <laughs> it's, it's not depressing it's it's true though isn't it it's it's really true uh, one thing i spoke to peter coulson uh, a couple of months back um on the podcast and he basically bemoaned that instagram has killed the ability of a lot of models where the, the art's gone out of it, the ability to act and the ability to feel and emote has gone in favor of just finding the right angle for um, a selfie or the right angle for getting, your, you know, a, part, a certain part of your body to look bigger than another part of your body or whatever. Yeah, um, isn't it something of- like Instagram favors big eyes and narrow jaw and there, there's like some formula, high contrast, bright saturation. And that's that's what you see all the images now will be created to adhere to Instagram's idea of beauty. Exactly. And and it's so bizarre because what will happen is we'll end up at a point where everyone is producing the exact same photo to try and master the same ability to generate likes on something that once you get to that point, what's what's the next step? Once you've just once you've gathered a huge following, and obviously I guess you can monetize that, but what's the next step? Like it just feels like it's a bit of a when the app disappears, there's going to be a lot of people that will not have any purpose whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. You see it, don't you, in the famous on Instagram sort of profiles that 95% of the content is more or less the same thing over and over as well. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, you do some acting and you do modeling. Uh-huh. What's the difference in terms of performance from from acting and be? Uh, I, I guess, um, movie work or, or video work in general? and stills modeling what's the difference in terms of your performance well it's it's the extra dimension like literally and 
not literally what's the opposite of literally it's it's figuratively um, modeling in 3d right so it's, it's a next step for me like modeling is to capture a an image in time and when you model for a video or you pose for video you act for video whatever you um you don't look for that one instant you look for a sequence and i love that because it's it's a whole it, it totally changes the way you think about posing and moving and to be able to model for an image and for a video are two very different things and it's like a whole new challenge it's what i said before about wanting to always create something new well video does that it gives me an extra thing that i can do i get bored really quickly that's that's the answer it's it's a new challenge each time do you have a preference or do you use one to offset the other one so when you're not enjoying stills do you do no, video work or? no no preference i love to do everything i love to do okay. everything in terms of your you, you obviously um very experienced as a model very experienced um, in front of a camera who have been some of your favorite people to be captured by i guess or to be photographed by so I've had two favorite photographers in my life. One doesn't do photography anymore and nobody knows who he is. His name is Ian McInnes and he basically helped me right at the start. And he was one of those photographers that I could dance with when I posed. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like I would pose, he would shoot. And it was just that perfect way of working. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately he doesn't, he doesn't do photography anymore, but he was just, great to work with and another one was Mark Legrange and he had a little bit the same thing and he sadly passed away he's he's a photographer that you could dance with as in I don't know the, the emotion between the model and the photographer would always it would always be something different in you and there would be this movement between us is a lot of that down to sort of the trust and and I guess on top of that just the fluidity of the way that you work together so that you're not like kind of you're not kind of like working through rigid poses. You're you're flowing through things and you're working through to get to the point that something's really clicking. Yeah, it's just someone that brings out the best in you. Um, and I guess uh, we'll we'll kind of come close to wrapping up here. One thing I'm always fascinated by is who people's idols are and who who they idolize from the 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 medium that they work within. So who are your modeling idols? <sighs> My modeling idols, Kate Moss. Absolutely, Kate Moss. And a girl, Katie, who doesn't model anymore. Two Kates, actually. Katie, she quit. She was about when I first started modeling and she was really my idol. She was such a good model. Do you think that the um, the sort of rise of celebrities and I guess influencers, I, I don't want to go back down that horrible rabbit hole, but the rise of celebrities filling in the roles of what used to be, I guess, in the 80s and 90s, the supermodels territory. Now we've got you know, Kardashians or we've got actresses or we've got sort of random celebrities that fill in those photographic roles in terms of modeling. Do you think that that's kind of killing the art of modeling and that we're losing it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, like about- watch, watch like one of the runway shows from the the nineties, like watch Kim, what's normally the amount of power those women had, like pure power. And if you watch a Kardashian, she just stands there like a blow up dummy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's nothing there. It's like, she might look perfect. Her features are perfect. Kate Moss doesn't have perfect features. It's not about your features. It's, it's, do you know the photographer, um, Stefano Brunesky talks about this fuck you attitudes? Yes. It's, it's that. I know it's a bit tacky, but you know, it's like really like fuck you, like raw power that you don't have on Instagram. It doesn't exist. You just have very perfect sort of version of what a woman should look like. 
Well, yeah, I think with 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 the the old way with supermodels. I don't want to say the old way because that sounds kind of like I'm being derogatory, but. The, the old way with supermodels, it was the imperfection and the confidence behind those imperfections that made them so fantastic. And having someone that's perfect, it doesn't have, if you just have perfection, it doesn't have any, it just becomes bland and boring and there's no personality to it. It's the imperfection that makes the person. Yeah. And it's just like gratuitous now, you know, it's just these perfect women who are just there to be looked at and nothing more. What do you think the uh, next five years of modeling is like for you? Do you think... Um, it becomes more and more impacted by things like Instagram, or do you think? Um, do you think we turn a corner and things go back to how they used to be? I feel like we're going we're going around a little bit of a bend at the moment, and things might start I think to we're improve. Going a bend. Yeah, natural is maybe making a comeback. Hopefully, will I still be modelling in five years? I'm old. I don't think I'll be modelling in five years. What do you plan to do afterwards? Um, I am going to in my dream planet, which will never happen. I'm going to have a photo retreat on the island of Crete. Oh wow! Yep. Well, a creative retreat, not just a photo retreat. That's what I'm aiming towards. So for those that don't know, what would a, what would a creative retreat be? I, I, I want to have a great space where you can stay, you can sleep there, you can uh, be catered to meals or technical equipment, conference space. Uh, you can take photos there, you can bring models there, you can do yoga there, you can whatever you want. But that it's really interesting, like a really nice space with good, I don't know, like... A walled garden has to feature in it, and a water feature. <laughs> I'm crazy. Sorry. <laughs> I, I get the feeling there's like a Pinterest board or a, a scrapbook that's just got loads of cutouts in there with this, with <laughs> this all detailed. Like Pandora's box. We should leave leave clothes just now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, <laughs> last question, and I'll, I'll let you um, crack on with your day. Uh, for for anyone that's kind of coming up, aspiring to become a model, what what piece of advice would you give them, given your experience? Go back to uni. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it depends. It depends on the age. I, I don't encourage anyone that's too young to become a full time model. I think you should always do something else first, and do it when you're really sure it's what you want to do, and you've done your education and your travelling and whatever. Is that from experience on your part? Yeah, well, I, I didn't model full-time until I was 23. I did a university degree before that and worked full-time for a couple of years. I modeled part-time at that point, but I didn't go full-time until I was a bit older. And I think that brings a lot of brings a lot to shoot. You bring your life experience and it's better. Because I, don't, I think once you've modeled for a few years full-time, you will never go back to uni and do all the stuff you want to do. You should do that first. That's, that's pretty damn good advice. Um, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, after I've spent half of this bemoaning Instagram and whatnot, um, one thing I like to do at the end of all of these is to make sure that people know where they can find uh, your work. So your website, your unfortunate Instagram or whatever, whatever links you want to give me. Um, my website is modelzoi.com, modelzoi.com. And from there, there's links to my Instagram and all my other stuff is on there. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Take care. See you.